brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. Wanna give shout outs to the folks already populating in the chat room, starting with Boyd the Alaskan who just snuck in a moment ago, uh, Vorpal Bite, who was in just before that, and of course, chief host of Simple Facts of Life that can be found right here in archives, or if you choose to come on Wednesday evenings about 6 p.m. Eastern time for 30 minutes, you can catch him live at the blogtalkradio.com platform, uh, which just so happens to be the home broadcasting platform of this show. So I uh, want to welcome you guys for being first in, early birds get the worm and all that, and uh, looking forward to having what should be a great show, and I say should be, uh, because those of you who were here for the Monday night show, uh, well, you saw me leave to contact my scheduled guest, and then you heard me come back without said guest. Well, as it turns out... Uh, Mr. Hancock was unavailable because of bad storms in the area. He simply wasn't able to safely uh, answer the phone or make the phone call. In fact, phone lines were down for a bit during that time frame. So this week uh, continues to be a little odd on the schedule. We will not be doing a Friday night show. We will, in fact, be doing a Thursday night show. Uh, I've got things I have to do this Friday during the, the show, and I couldn't find a way to get around them. So we are scheduled to reschedule and have uh, Mr. Mark uh, Hancock join us on the Thursday night show, as well as Dr. Uh, Michael Bushler is uh, just scheduled to join us as well. But tonight, tonight we are scheduled to be joined by Dr. John C. Eastman, who is a professor of law and constitutional law scholar at Chapman University School of Law. We'll be talking about the citizenship question as there still seems to be a looming debate on whether or not it belongs on the 2020 census. Of course, it's gotten in front of the Supreme Court, so uh, we'll talk about that with him. And then in the second hour of the show, I am scheduled to be joined by the coolest, most politically incorrect, conservative black man on the planet, the host of The Rod Eccles Show. Mr. Rod Eccles. And uh, we'll continue the discussion about the citizenship question, and we'll talk a little bit about the issue of reparations. You know, we always enjoy having Rod on. Not on nearly often enough, but he's a busy man doing his own thing. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, since we've got all that taken care of. Quick peek back into the chat room and I see that Annie, the radio chick you Bellis, has joined us. Hey, Annie, glad to have you here. I want to broach the issue of the uh, unfair to Wayfair activities that are currently going on uh, and still the generally the, the talk of the business at the southern border. Uh, it is with a heavy heart that I have to mention at all this viral picture that showed up of the man and the little girl, both dead, face down, because they tried to sneak across our border. They were willing to die to make it to America, 
And unfortunately for them, they did. And as usual, the left gets the wrong message. The left wants to somehow make it all about Donald Trump being a smelly, stinky, poopy head. Orange man bad. Yes, the eater of babies, the the kicker of puppies, the man with bad hair, the current resident in the Oval Office. Donald J. Trump is somehow responsible for the individual actions and choices of the person that tried to cross our border. They want to make a case for open borders. When in fact it is our border being so porous, being so open already, that is the reason these two people are dead today. If if they knew before they were ever to decide to try and make this, this trek into the United States illegally, if they knew that they would be turned away, if they knew there was One way to come into this country and to get to stay, and that's the right way, the legal way, through our immigration standards. If they understood that if you truly need to seek asylum, that you actually sought asylum, which means you show up for your follow-up court dates because you're seeking asylum. If people knew all of that coming in, most of them would understand the risks aren't worth it. Now, I've got nothing against people wanting to come to the United States of America. As far as I'm concerned, this is the greatest planet, the greatest country on the planet. Getting a little ahead of myself. There is good reason why we are and should be the envy of the world. I don't mean to sound like I'm bragging here, but hey, I'm an American. I'm a citizen of this great nation, and I am damn proud to be that. It makes me proud to know that other people are willing to risk life and limb just to have a chance at a life here. My message to them is it is far too dangerous for you to attempt this and not come here the right way. My message to the political left in this country is that you are encouraging these people to put themselves in harm's way. You're encouraging the cartels and the coyotes to engage in human trafficking. You are endangering the children, the very children that you're crying and moaning about right now. You're the ones endangering them through the encouragement of the policies that you have in place. We keep circling around to this simple concept, this very simple notion. I've been preaching it a lot and a lot more, more frequently, more often, and that's the concept of tough love. We talked about it on the Monday night show uh, when it comes to the homeless. We've talked about it when it comes to dealing with leftist period on multiple occasions. Sometimes the only humane thing you can do, the truly humane thing to do is to appear to be heartless because that's going to be the one thing that puts the other person into the correct mindset to take personal responsibility and to accept 
the fact that they are indeed responsible for themselves. It is difficult to be a human being with a functioning conscience and not feel something when you see this picture. And as always the case, the political left in this country wants to utilize those feelings and direct you while you're not thinking logically. So please, if there's any leftists in the audience, take a few moments to ponder the question of how is it that something that's been going on well before Donald J. Trump was voted into the White House is somehow his fault. Oh, yeah, because, well, Donald Trump is the one that's uh, building these uh, detainment centers, the detention centers. He's doing all. No. What Donald J. Trump is doing by trying to get more detention centers open, by trying to open up more courts on the border, by trying to fast track these hearings, is an effort to be more humane while still following the law. You know, it's a nasty little thing that we have here. And I know the left typically likes to pick and choose which laws they follow. I get it. Some laws kind of suck. There's a lot of laws I wouldn't want to do. I wouldn't want to follow. Shoot, there's lots of times when I get on the interstate, buddy, I do not want to keep the speedometer below the posted limit. But you know what I want even less? To have to pay for the ticket if I get caught. It's a deterrent. If you put reasonable deterrence in place and you follow the laws and you treat these people with dignity, then you've done nothing wrong. But we've got kind of the what I refer to as the Howard Stern effect going on here. Now, whether you're a fan of Howard Stern or not, there's a couple of things that are glaringly obvious that fall into place here. It's just another one of those occasions where folks have been getting away with something for so long that they no longer realize that it was never okay. On the regular airwaves, the FCC allowed Howard Stern to get away with all kinds of shenanigans that were clearly violations of the FCC standards. When they finally decided to crack down and enforce them and issue the fines, well, then it was understandable that Howard Stern felt like he was being picked on, that it, it was all about targeting him. You can understand that, but only because he'd been allowed to get away with it for so long. We live in a world where, unfortunately, if somebody starts doing something wrong and nobody calls them out on it, nobody stops it, then eventually other people start doing it, then that becomes just the way things are done. And it's really, really hard to fix that. Now we have this thing going on at Wayfair. I don't know if you've heard about this or not. A lot of people have been broaching the topic. So ordinarily, when a lot of people are talking about it, I kind of move away from it unless I'm just really fired up about it. And the more I thought about this, I was going to move away from it, and then later in the day I decided I'm going to go ahead and write an article about it. I decided because I kept getting angrier. Now, for those of you who may not know details about it yet, may not have heard about what's going on with Wayfair, we have a case where the employees think they should be running the show. Now, I'm sure that by now most of you have 
you know, assuming you still watch television, which a lot of the folks that listen to this show have actually sworn off TV. Don't blame you. But uh, if you do still watch television, most likely you've seen the TV ads for the e-commerce houseware company. At the very mention of the name, if you have seen them, the, the catchy little jingle they have probably comes to mind. Now, a lot of you out there may have actually have already done business with them at some point. And you know what? If it's true that there's no such thing as bad publicity, then Wayfair is set to benefit as it finds itself on the left's naughty list. See, the woke crime that Wayfair has committed is doing business with an organization that we will simply refer to as BCFS. Now, they happen to be a nonprofit governmental con- contractor that is currently managing a majority. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, the detention centers that are holding illegal border crossers while they wait to be processed, you know, in accordance with U.S. law. Well, it seems that BCFS placed an order slightly north of a $200,000 order for bedroom furniture that's intended for a detention center for migrant children in Texas. Some of the Wayfair employees, however, discovered the purpose of this rather large purchase from the nonprofit. They brought it to the attention of their like-minded, left-leaning co-workers, and then they did what any group of left-leaning, like-minded co-workers would do. They complained to the boss. Now, this previously unactivated sleeper cell of SJWs, in a letter to the company management, by the way, demanded not only the consolation of this particular sale, but that the company would no longer do business with BCFS going forward at all. And while they were at it, they also demanded that they wanted management to create a company code of ethics for future customer transactions, which would allow, quote, Wayfair employees to act in accordance with our values. That, of course, is a statement that when translated into common everyday English simply means let us, the woke employees, decide who we're actually going to do business with. Now, Wayfair's response was a little disappointing to the activist employees as they basically came down and said, uh, uh, you know what? Mm, uh-uh. We're not canceling the order. We think it's actually more along the lines of company values to fulfill orders we've received. It's basically telling them, go pound sand. But they did it very nicely. If you've read the letter, you can find it easily online. There's half a, half a billion references to it out there. It's easy enough. To find. They were very, very polite about it. But the message is still the same. Sorry, I'm not to forget it. We've already spent the money is probably what it sounds like. But uh, as all that plays out, being disappointed, these group of social justice warriors in the heart of Wayfair 
decided they were going to schedule a walkout at the company's headquarters just uh, in the Boston area. Just not satisfied with the effect that they had. Upset that the company that they work for is is helping, is aiding and abetting the enemy, Donald Trump. But that's not really what they're doing, is it? And again, that's where the left misses the point. They're so focused on their Trump derangement syndrome, the fact that anything else might actually be at play never occurs to them at all. Several times in this letter they sent, they talked about the inhumane conditions on the border. Well, first and foremost, like I mentioned just the other day, that while these conditions may very well be inhumane, to hear the stories that are told by these people, it's still a step up from where they've come from. Now, that's not an excuse. That doesn't, isn't intended to make you feel any better, but it is something that should help you to you know, contextualize a bit. To help those folks on the left to understand that while you're appalled by it, they're actually happy to be in a little bit better situation. What would be crappy for us is a good thing for – and again, I say for some of them, and if you can believe the stories that have been told. There's some simple, basic, fundamental issues at play here that never crosses their mind that usually in the past would have brought the left squishy-hearted tree huggers uh, to having a sense of pride for being a company that is working with a nonprofit that is trying to improve the living conditions of these children who must be detained. You know you're on the wrong side of an argument, Wayfair, when AOC starts tweeting out about how she's supporting your effort to stop your company from assisting and operating the concentration camps. Which is a real thing, by the way, just in case you hadn't heard yet or didn't see it. It's hard to imagine at this point, but yeah. – Wayfair – got an order from a nonprofit in excess of $200,000, of which, according to some estimates that have been put out, again, by some of these activist employees that are still trying to stay anonymous, put out there that nearly, nearly 90000 of that will be profit for the company. <laughs> I would like to ask the people who work there for just a moment to let, let's let's completely divorce ourselves from your politics for a second and let me ask you where do you think the company gets the money to pay your salary where do you think the company gets the money to pay those nice little bonuses that a lot of you qualify for where do you think the company gets its money to try to make sure that everyone gets to have that as they say in their commercials the home that everyone deserves, a home that they love. That's the plea that they're trying to make. That's the determination that they're trying to push. They want them to live up to that motto, and they think that all these people that are illegally crossing our border, and many of these children being used strictly as pawns, 
being used as props, they think that they deserve a home that they love. Well, you know what? They do. Everyone does, I, as far as I'm concerned. But I would love it even more if the home they could love would be the home that somebody drugged them away from. Because that's really what they deserve. They deserve a home country that they can love. They do not deserve to cross our border unless it is done in the proper and legal fashion to just let somebody cross the border with no thought or to the ramifications. Well, it proves your at best naivete, at worst your very own personal commitment to the destruction of this republic. Because yes, ladies and gentlemen, the desire to remain uh, to remain with open borders, with no control, no say of who is and who isn't coming in, well, that's straight up Cloward and Piven. That's straight up the effort to collapse the country from within because once you let them across, they're in. Once you've let them over here, well, we can't possibly deport them, which is BS also, by the way. But they want to keep telling you that, and they want to keep throwing you these ridiculously uh, high-sounding numbers, which are still probably low as far as the estimates of how many are actually here. And they want to pretend like there's no way you could ever deport them all. You know what? That doesn't mean you can't try to deport some of them. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't deport as many of them as you can find. If they're not here legally, they have no right to be here, period. Well, well didn't you just say a little while ago that, that you like for people to want to come to – yeah, I love for people to want to come to America, especially if the reason that they want to come here is to become an American because – that takes a different mindset, and that also takes the mindset of wanting to do it legally. We cannot continue policies that encourage this type of onslaught because the, just the fact that the media is reporting on it a heck of a lot more now that Donald Trump is president than they would when Barack Obama was doing the exact same thing in worse conditions and spreading it around more. The fact that you see it in your face because it's a means to attack Trump, because it's a means for all of these presidential hopefuls in the Democratic Party to try to once again stand out by saying the exact same thing as everybody else is. This is going to be – I have not – have any intentions to watch any of these Democratic debates because for the love of Pete, all it's going to take is for – one of these people to stand on their previous voting records from the last decade to stand out from the rest of the field, and not one of them is willing to do it. Even Joe Biden, who has the longest period, longest history uh, in the Senate, is trying to move further to the left because you know that's where all the hip kids are. That's for better. How many times do you think that this? This viral picture is going to be mentioned during the debate, and how many times do you think somebody like Robert Francis O'Rourke is going to continue to try and pound home the idea that it's Donald J. Trump's fault? How many of those people are going to be honest enough, honest enough to admit that it happened under Barack Obama's watch, too? 
which one of them is going to be the first to have enough courage? Maybe, maybe Spartacus will. Spartacus is trying to rough up Biden a little. Which one of them do you think is going to be ballsy enough to remind the world that it happened under a Democrat just to try and take a cheap shot at Joe Biden? Because he was vice president when Barack was doing that. We'll see. But the folks at Wayfair, sit down and think about it for a minute. Your company is working to try and make things better for these children, and I'm sorry. Even if one of your crazy minions went out and popped a bullet into the dome of Donald J. Trump tonight, none of your people are taking over tomorrow. Nobody is going to be changing the policy. Law and order is still going to be attempted to be maintained on the border. The detention centers will remain. They will be functioning. There is nothing you can do to stop that without major change, and it's going to take a couple of elections for you to get there to get your soft, destroy America mindset politicians back in a position to do something about it. So wouldn't it make more sense for you to be helping these poor Children who are just pawns of the political, who are just pawns of the human traffickers. Wouldn't it make more sense for you to do something to help them with better furniture, better conditions, just like this nonprofit is trying to accomplish in the rather short amount of time they've had to do it? But then again, maybe that's just me. What do I really know after all? Well, I tell you what I do know. It's time for the Edwards Notebook and the Veterans, uh, the Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. So stay with me, guys. I'll be right back in, hopefully on the other side of this break. If all goes well, fingers crossed, I will have a guest. We'll try anyway. I'll be right back. President Trump is sending 1,000 more troops to the Middle East. But is that the correct course of action? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. According to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Iran definitely carried out attacks against oil tankers in the Strait of Hormuz. Acting U.S. Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan stated, quote, The recent Iranian attacks validate the reliable, credible intelligence we have received on hostile behavior by Iranian forces and their proxy groups that threatened United States personnel and interests across the region. Iran has also bragged about breaking the uranium stockpile limits set in the deal that temporarily limits their uranium stockpiles. But are 1,000 more U.S. troops really to solve or change things in Iran? I say no, because 1,000 troops is not enough to defeat a depraved, ideologically driven regime. Either go hard for a swift, decisive military victory or leave it alone. The Trump administration cannot afford to get bogged down in a long, protracted struggle that would take attention away from draining the swamp here in America and re-electing President Trump. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on AmericaMatters.us. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins with your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. Do you remember when you were in basic training or your first duty assignment? I do. What about those men and women who trained with you? Have you ever wondered what happened to them? I have. 
What about some of the people who served with you a good part of the time you were in the military? Ever wonder what happened to them? I have. Do you think they might also be wondering what happened to you? I think so. Would you like to find out? Here is your veterans tip of the day. Find out about your buddies by joining TogetherWeServed.com. This is a free service and TWS has reunited over 1.8 million vets in all branches of the service and they can help you find your friends. You may be surprised at who you can find. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seems like a thousand years since we had real fears. But the old ones won't forget These broken levee walls Had a few close calls But they haven't fallen yet And you know the rain's coming The rain's coming All your days and all your nights It brings a storm on you When the sun beats down and it fakes the ground And you watch the rich land die Such a vicious drought Even hopes in doubt But there are no clouds in the sky But you know the rain All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so very much for staying with me through the break. Of course, that tune right there was from uh, from a good friend of the show, uh, Mr. Matt Fitzgibbons, uh, please check out PatriotMusic.com whenever you get the opportunity, and it is now my pleasure and honor to welcome to the show Professor of Law and Constitutional Law Scholar at Chapman University School of Law. Uh, yes, it is Dr. John C. Eastman. Uh, Dr. Eastman, thank you so much for joining us this evening, and how are you? I'm well, and thanks for having me on your program. All right. Well, the pleasure is mine. There obviously uh, the real question uh, at this point is surrounding around the citizenship question for the uh, 2020 census. And what's really at play now is the argument has been made in front of the Supreme Court, but 
now we've had this uh, this last-ditch last effort uh, from the folks that are trying to stop uh, the question from being added, talking about this newly discovered information from this uh, dead Republican expert uh, for uh, jury uh, mandering, essentially the term commonly used, controlling the redistricting. And evidently, they're now claiming that they have new proof, new evidence that this is racially biased. Uh, first of all, the real question is, how likely is a stunt like this? And forgive me, because it seems like a stunt. If it's not, uh, in your opinion, feel free to say so. It feels like one to me, though. How likely is a stunt it feels, like this to yeah, be effective? It feels like a last minute, not only a stunt, but a, a, a stunt uh, out of desperation. They saw the oral argument. They thought that it was going against them, so they're you know, trying to see if they can find anything else that might stick on the wall. Uh, my first inclination is to say, wait, there was a political official that thought a particular policy might benefit him politically. I'm shocked to learn that politics goes on in Washington. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like the, uh, the prefect of police down in Casablanca, you know, shocked that they learned that there was gambling going on in the back room as, as they hand him his winnings. Um, I mean, but it's utter nonsense that, you know, the, look, the, the, the notion that we, we can't identify how many citizens we have in this country um, I actually think that the Constitution requires that we know how many citizens are in this country because this is a system of government based on representation of the people of this country, not people from other countries who happen to be visiting here, whether they're here illegally or illegally, but the citizens of this country. That's who gives the consent to the governed that makes legitimate our legislature and our entire representative form of government. Um, you know, You don't count people who happen to be here. Uh, when the census is con conducted, if you know the Olympics is going on, or or who are tourists, and, and knowing the basic scope of citizenship is therefore critical. Yeah, well, yeah. What what surprises me is that they are very open about the fact that the reason they're fighting it is because it would give an advantage uh, to the Republicans. And, you know, that's how they play it out. But then they say it's because of racism. And they say that it would create a disadvantage to Democrats. Well, the real question here is why is this a disadvantage to Democrats if Democrats are serving their constituents? Well, the, the, yeah, that's right. If they're serving their constituents rather than people uh, who are illegally present in the country. So their claim is uh, that if you ask a citizenship question, some households that have illegal immigrants in the household will decline to return the census form voluntarily, uh, and that will depress the actual enumeration of po total population in those areas where there are a large number of illegal immigrants. Uh, well, you know, we ought not to be counting illegal immigrants in the first place. That's one. Two, the Census Bureau has gotten very good over the decades at, at doing follow-up for people that don't return the census form so that they do get an actual enumeration whether people return the form initially or not so this is just this is just a you know speculative specious argument to try and stop um the the government from asking the citizenship question and by the way we're not adding a citizenship question we're restoring a citizenship question that had been on almost every single census since 1820 uh you know one uh, once in the middle of the 19th century it wasn't on and and since 1960, it's only been on the long form, not on the short form that goes to every household. But we've asked the citizenship question uh, all the way up until 2000, and we've continued to ask it on the annual community survey ever since 2005. It was only during the Obama administration that they dropped it from the 2010 census. 
Um, you know, and, and so the, the, the Trump administration, the Secretary of Commerce, Wilbur Ross, has decided to put it back in where it's always been. Well, that, that kind of leads us back to the uh, question of exactly what is the benefit of leaving the question off? I, obviously, we wanted to know how many citizens are here and how many non-citizens, how many non-citizens are resident in the country. There is very but, good reasons. I'm, I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Look. I, I mean, you know, there's this standard line that there are only 11 million immigrants in the country, and therefore uh, the cost of illegal immigration is is uh, not very high. Uh, there have been other estimates that put put that number at 20 or 25 million. Uh, the fact, truth of the matter is, we don't know. The other thing we don't know is how big a cost it is. Uh, we can say, well, they're not eligible for uh, Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security benefits and aid for dependent children and all these other things. Um, but what, when, you, when you kind of peel away the layers of the onion, uh, what we do find out is that none of the welfare offices ask whether the person they're giving out the benefits to are here legally or not. And, in fact, in some states it's illegal to ask. Uh, the citizenship status uh, of, of the person they're, 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 they're giving the aid to. So we really don't know the extent of the cost. The first step in trying to figure that out, which one, one would think is critical for making sound public policy judgments about immigration, uh, you, know, once you, you know, that we would ask about citizenship to get a handle on it, be one of the first things. They don't want a handle on that because they don't want to undermine this, this lucrative industry of illegal immigration that tends to funnel ultimately voters uh, into dependency on the Democrat Party and therefore uh, dem long-term Democrat voters when they, when they finally get an amnesty and get the right to vote. All right. Now, one of the things that the uh, administration in defending the question has been adamant about that this is a way of protecting minority writing votes, which kind of flies in the face of the opponent's argument altogether. How much merit do you see to that argument? Because to me, it does seem like every time you prevent a illegal, someone who's not supposed to be voting, whether you're illegal or you're a non-voting rights restored felon or what have you, every time you stop somebody like that who's not supposed to be voting, you are preserving the rights and making the votes count more for the people who are supposed to. So is that a legitimate argument or uh, it, it, just more It's political? not only a legitimate argument, but it, it, it's, it's like a multi-sided diamond with many facets. And so, <laughs> so one, one key facet of this that not many people talk about, let's suppose um, there are 2 million illegal immigrants in California who are counted in the census. That's about four congressional districts that, Cong that California would not otherwise be entitled to. Uh, and by giving them those additional congressional districts based on their illegal population, we are diluting the voting strength of every other state that doesn't have large illegal immigrant populations. The second thing the, the Secretary of Commerce uh, has said uh, is that, look, uh, we need to know citizenship data for basic Voting Rights Act enforcement, and we need to know it at the granular uh, district level, not the not the kind of um, uh, uh, you know larger, less specific level of statewide. Um, the annual P American Community Survey that currently asks a question about citizenship is statistical, and it'll tell us how many citizens, roughly state by state, but it doesn't give us the the local level, city by city or congressional district by congressional district data that you need to really demonstrate a vote dilution of minority votes. 
And so, yes, it would be immensely beneficial for Voting Rights Act litigation by the voting rights section of the Department of Justice. Right. So with all of this, how is there even still an argument? I mean I, I, I don't understand why this even has to go to the Supreme Court. Uh, le- legitimately, shouldn't this have been decided early on when it first entered court? Well, it should have been, but you know the courts have, uh, in some parts of the country have gotten uh, fairly political. In fact, you know, e- even so raw political that one one suspects they may be part of a resistance movement against the 2016 election. Uh, the case is at the Supreme Court, but it's styled the Department of Commerce versus New York, which means Department of Commerce lost in the lower court. Uh, and they had to take it to the Supreme Court to get common sense to prevail. And we'll know tomorrow morning whether they've succeeded or not, but I suspect they're going to succeed. Well, I certainly hope so, because I, for one, am tired of a obvious lack of law and order within our court system that's supposed to be providing law and order. Um, What would you say is the the most important facet of this particular case in regards to the nation moving forward, not just the census, but, uh, you know, just how America changes based on this ruling? Well, I, you know, I think the most important facet of this is for people to recognize that the distinction between citizen and non-citizen is critical to the understanding of sovereignty, of the nation state, of the notion of consent of the governed. That's a bedrock principle on which our, our Republican form of government is based. Uh, and yet there is a sustained effort. Uh, you know that for for many years has just been confined to the more radical nuts in the in the leak in the uh, in the academy, uh, but it's now spilling over, and it really is an assault on even having borders. And you know this kind of one world kumbaya, we can all get along together uh, naivete. Uh, it, w- it would ultimately lead to one world order government. <laughs> you know, and, and it's hard to imagine a one world government that doesn't become despotic. The nation state has been the greatest um, uh, proponent of liberty uh, that we've ever seen in human history, and there is an assault on that. Well, the the key first step in that assault is to destroy the distinction between citizen and non-citizen and then undermine sovereignty and obliterate uh, national borders. Uh, And this is, therefore, part and parcel of that sustained effort to radically transform uh, how the world operates. And that's why I wanted to ask that particular question, because I could sit here all day and tell everyone that this is a much bigger deal than almost anybody realizes, but then it's just me. You, on the other hand, are an expert in the field, and you have been studying this for a long time. uh, One last question before uh, we uh, uh, let you go, and it's kind of a uh, off-topic personal question. what was it like to clerk for Justice Clarence Thomas? Best job I've ever had. He's a he's a he's not only a powerful intellect, but so uh, so devoted to uh, restoring the original meaning of the Constitution in his work. It's just contagious to work with him on that enterprise, uh, and uh, uh, and he and he retains the relationship with his clerks. I've been out now for, boy, uh, 25 years, uh, and we're still as close as if we were family. You know, I mean, we get together at Christmas parties. We have reunions. We do all sorts of things. And, and uh, he's, he's not only a powerful intellect, but uh, a, a, a 
genuinely, genuinely friendly and noble guy. And it's just been a, it's one of the great pleasures of my not only uh, professional life, but life in general to, uh, to have had the opportunity to work with Justice Clarence Thomas. All right. Well, first of all, I want to take this opportunity to once again thank you for joining us this evening. And I very much want to thank you for being on the front lines of trying to educate America's youth in regard to our Constitution, constitutional law, and the genius that was laid out for us by the framers of the Constitution and the absolute necessity of a federally constitutionally restrained republic in order to maintain individual liberty. Uh, it can't possibly be overstated enough that uh, the dangers that true democracy poses to such an idea. Uh, thank you so much for that. I, I do consider people uh, that are teaching to be on the front line, and when you're a professor and you're involved in that, the, the scholarly pursuits, uh, it is not a friendly uh, area to be in these days for folks that cling uh, to liberty. So thank you for that. And if my, my, my pleasure. And thank you for your show and all the good work you do. And to your audience, uh, get out there and uh, help save the republic. <laughs> all right. If there's anything you'd like to share before we uh, let you go, please do. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you invite people to follow you on social media, if you want to share a website, anything like that, please do that. Sure. So uh, people can follow me. I'm, I, I haven't been a big, a big uh, uh, Twitter user, tweeter <laughs> until recently, but uh, J Eastman714 is my Twitter handle, and uh, I'm getting more engaged in it. And uh, we also have uh, Claremont Institute, uh, the Claremont.org website, where people can track our writings and our scholarly work, uh, as well as our litigation efforts. Uh, uh, Claremont, C-L-A-R-E-M-O-N-T.org. All right. Thank you very much, Doctor, and hopefully we'll get an opportunity to speak again soon. Thanks so much. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. John C. Eastman. All right. Well, you know, it really does drive the point home when you think about exactly what's on the line with this one seemingly innocuous uh, expectation of a decision. And being at the time of this broadcast, is June 26, 2019, just a little after 7.30 right now, uh, p.m. Eastern Time. We have uh, tomorrow to find out what the final decision is going to be. But we have legitimately a case where these folks have made this last-ditch effort to ask the Supreme Court to hold off on making 
making the ruling until they can present new evidence, evidence that supposedly shows and demonstrates that this is all about racism. This is all about putting Democrats at a disadvantage. Well, first of all, the case has already been heard. It's done. The decisions, the opinions have already been written. You know, the majority opinions have been written. The dissenting opinions have been written. Tomorrow we'll find out who came down on where, who sided with who. Was this strictly along ideological lines on the political standpoint of conservative versus leftist? Or as surprisingly uh, this season, uh, was this a case where some of the folks who normally fall on one side went with the other group? We'll find all this out tomorrow. <laughs> Evidently, we're having some audio issues as I'm peeking back into the chat room. So hopefully they weren't so bad as to not be able to uh, follow through. Evidently, I was garbled, but the guest was fine. And since technically for that section, the guest is who you were <laughs> listening in for anyway, uh, I'm going to assume that that's probably still okay. And hopefully, hopefully it wasn't too bad. Uh, at any rate, we have a case here where if this is a disadvantage to Democrats, it's only because Democrats are focused on the wrong things. Look, there is nothing racist or bigoted about wanting to maintain and control a border. There is nothing – Racist or bigoted about wanting to take care of the citizens of your country before you start working on trying to help others. That's not to say that we shouldn't. That's not to say that we do away with immigration. That's not to say that we don't provide asylum to those who are deserving. But it is to say… That if your whole argument against a person in, oh, let's say the White House, for example, is that you think he's racist because he wants to build a wall, then I suggest you look up what a wall's for. And then while you're at it, I suggest you take a few seconds using the old Google machine and see what kind of places your favorite politicians live at. You know, like Nancy, Mimi Pelosi, behind a wall. Chucky e. Schumer, behind a wall. Maxine Waters behind a wall. They have big, tall gates that keep people from just randomly wandering in. And as far as Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters are concerned, considering the current state of California, I don't blame them because half of the state probably wants to, to grab them and shake them until their brain starts working again because clearly it isn't giving their political status. And the other half of the state truly believes in the communal leftist we should just all share everything mindset and may just wander right onto their property and say, hey, you're like for socialism, right? Well, I'm here to, to share some of this stuff with you. <laughs> <sighs> okay. <laughs> Obviously, we've got some poker playing going on in the chat room, uh, which is – a uh, nice little tide over from uh, Chief's show. 
from earlier because he was talking a lot about the analogy of poker and being all in before he wrapped it around. So uh, uh, it's good to see that the poker playing is still on. Uh, anyway, this is such such a huge decision. This may actually be the most important case that the Supreme Court is going to uh, render a decision on this particular uh, session. May very well be, because the only other important case that was really important, they didn't render a ruling. They sent it back down to the state. For whatever reason, they're avoiding religious liberty cases like the plague. Oh, well, on the one hand, uh, we're supposed to protect religious liberty, but on the other hand, we're supposed to protect minorities. What do you do when religious liberty appears to be in opposition to what's going on with uh, these these folks over here? You're, you're discriminating against them. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chief, I got it. Instead of listening to me, playing poker, I, I got that from the beginning. Thank you. So, so instead of – congratulations, Chief, you did it to me again. Uh, I'm completely off track now. Uh, so you, you completely lost the simple fact that from a legal standpoint, there's a very specific definition for discrimination. And it's the legal standpoint that you're supposed to be ruling from. The, the the Constitution is supposed to be the guiding framework, and the really good news about the Constitution is that it's not that complicated. That's part of why the, the leftists have tried so hard to get control of education because they want to dumb you down enough to make you believe that the Constitution is really complicated and it's difficult and it's nuanced and it requires interpretation in the modern – no, it doesn't. It was specifically written to be as simple and easy to follow as possible. And the, the big message at the end of all of it is if the Constitution doesn't say that they can do it, they being any one of the three branches of our federal government, then they can't do it. We shouldn't let them. That's the number one message, and it's easy. It's there. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but it it really is going to be a linchpin in how things go moving forward for this republic. If they are allowed to prevent the asking of a question that has been on the census for a majority of the time since they've been conducting a national census because of some political move or because of some version of Trump collusion, it, it, Trump derangement syndrome, I should say, whatever their purpose is, it's going to allow certain areas to continue to take advantage of people that should not be counted for these purposes. And again, I'll say, oh, this is going to hurt Democrats. If, they, if Democrats were serving the right people, their actual constituents, the people that are in their communities legally, then this is a non-issue for them. 
Democrats would be really surprised to find out if they would just take the time. They would be hugely surprised just to find out, guess what? You go back to a we love America, we love God kind of uh, platform, you might not have to worry about what the American people think anymore and still be able to win elections. If you moved away from leftism, if you moved away from socialism, if you moved away from communism and embraced the one economic system that has risen more people out of poverty than any other in the history of the world, that being the free markets well, – I'm not going to use the term capitalism right now because, again, that was a communist uh, descriptor. If you embraced free markets and if you embraced individual responsibility to go along with individual liberty, you might find yourself back in line with the principles that the nation was founded on, and you may find yourself more in line with people who'd be willing to vote for you because you're going to actually represent what's in their best interest, not just what is it they want to hear, not just what is it that… I, I want you to do for me, but to stand there in one hand and explain why you need to do something, and if it's not popular, be willing to stand there twice as long and explain why you firmly believe it's necessary and in the best interest. And understand no matter what side you're on, no matter what party you're in, no matter what your mindset, you're never going to make everybody happy. But if you're standing on principles that puts God and America first, you're not going to be in very big trouble very often as far as the electorate is concerned. However, you will quickly find that the modern Democratic Party will try to destroy you for it. All right. Well, tonight is one of those shows that gets cut in half, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take this opportunity right here and right now to play a little tunage to end the first half of the show, and then we will do the reset into the second half. So um, let's do hmm, – I'm looking for some Matt Fitzgibbons here. Uh, check out PatriotMusic.com if you get the opportunity. Uh, tell them I sent you. Uh, you won't get a discount or anything. I just like for him to know I'm still sending folks his way, and uh, we'll go with this one. Remember the Americans, and stay with me, guys. We'll be right back here in just a few. Oh, 
Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take your right to
the damn UN. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. With all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rowan County, Tennessee. So I want to thank everybody for being here and I will roll down the uh the chat room roll here in just a moment, but before we do that, I want to let everybody who's listening know that I am scheduled, <laughs> uh, heavy emphasis on the word, scheduled to be joined by the coolest, most politically incorrect, conservative black man on the planet, host of the Rod Eccles Show, Mr. Rod Eccles. Uh, however, when I sent him the reminder email earlier today, I, I never got a response. So we'll see, because usually he's pretty good about that. Uh, I did schedule a while back. I was working on the show even when I wasn't doing the show the, the week I took off. So, you know, it's one of those things where you weren't completely off, but should be interesting. Uh, assuming that Rod does join us, and if he doesn't, we'll reschedule, because I know Rod. He, he If for some reason uh, he misses out, he will definitely want to make it up. He's always been great about that. Uh, but our scheduled topics are, number one, to continue the discussion even further, that if you're here live, being here in the second hour of a two-hour broadcast on Wednesday evening, then you've already heard the discussion with Dr. John C. Eastman. Now, if you're listening at KYH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority in beautiful Delta, Utah, or if you're listening at WCET 101.7 FM, Columbia, South Carolina, then I'm making a reference to a guest that was on yesterday morning's show. But you know what? If you are so interested, and by the way, uh, the good doctor was uh, spot on. Uh, if you missed it, you may want to take the opportunity to go back and listen to that. So what you're going to be looking for, you can either come to Blog Talk. Radio.com and check out the archives at the TAPP, Tap Into the Truth page. Or if you listen to uh, podcasts at places like Stitcher.com, uh, TuneIn. Well, no, actually, I'm not on TuneIn anymore. I'm in the habit of talking. They were one of my favorites for a while, but I've been deplatformed there. Uh, but uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Aha Radio. If you listen to podcasts and places like that, you can find the show there as well. So you'll be looking for the title, The Question of Citizenship and the Issue of Reparations. That's today's fancy, hoity hoity title, which I don't usually go quite so fancy. But at any rate, I'm looking forward to, and hopefully we will get to have that conversation with uh, Rod. Uh, if we do not, however, it's not like there's a shortage of news and uh, <laughs> topics me to think about uh, and therefore then talk about. So we will start with, wait a second, let me peek back over here. Is Tim drowning? Uh, more audio issues? I don't know. Chief is making a comment that makes me wonder if I'm having more audio issues. But anyway, we'll continue. Uh, something that happened uh, officially today, again reminding you that the time of the show being live was Wednesday. The Senate decided, in their infinite wisdom, to uh, pass a bipartisan border supplemental spending plan. Uh, they decided they're going to send about $4.6 billion in additional aid to the southern border. 
Uh, evidently, the bill was approved last week by the Appropriations Committee, and it finally made its way to the floor of the Senate uh, to be voted on today. According to the New York Times, the bipartisan agreement, uh, which the committee actually advanced 30 to 1, allocates about $2.9 billion for the, <clears throat> in quotations here, care of migrant children and roughly about $1.3 billion to improve facilities at the border. It does not, however, allow for the Department of Homeland Security to add beds at detention centers or migrant processing facilities. The compromise was reached without input from the White House and without input from House Democrats. And the Democrats, of course, have been working on their own version, and it's uh, unclear exactly how the two measures will align in addressing the administration's urgent push for additional money at the border. According to CBS News, the bill includes $2.88 billion for health and human services to provide safe shelter and care for children in custody, and $1.1 billion for Customs and Border Protection to establish migrant care and processing facilities, uh, $220 million for the Justice Department to help process immigrants, uh, immigration cases, and provide resources for U.S. Marshal Service for care and detention of federal detainees, $145 million for branches of the U.S. military for missions along the border. Uh, this bill, of course, also stipulates overtime pay for agents and officials at the border, along with funding for 30 new immigration judge teams. Uh, Mark Morgan, acting director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement, said earlier in the month of June, quote, I'm here as ICE begging for this. We need to get the families out of the Border Patrol detention facilities and into better facilities. CNBC reported on uh, Tuesday night that the democratically held House passed its own plan to appropriate $4.5 billion, including standards for caring for children at the U.S. migrant detention. Now, all of this having been said, <clears throat> it comes back around. I'm trying to figure out how it is that you're supposed to establish all these really great things without adding more beds. I mean, I, I get this is all about optics and it's all about politics. We don't want one more bed added. Okay, dude, but we're still adding more people to the facilities. I would think it'd be more humane to have more beds. I mean, this takes us back to the argument with the Wayfair folks. Oh, well, we don't want our company to be the one to send beds and bedroom furniture. Why do you not want to make things better for these people that you claim to care so much about? Now, I, for one, wish we didn't have to spend billions of American taxpayer dollars to facilitate the kind of facilities that are necessary to deal with the current humanitarian issue. I don't even want to call it a crisis anymore. The word crisis has been used to death. I'm burnt out on crisis. It's been one crisis after another crisis and another crisis, and I'm over all the crises. <laughs> the, 
One person should not have to know the plural of the word crisis, not for reference within their own lifetime. Uh, Kel's asking if anybody knows how the Wayfair employee walkout went today. You know, I was talking about that in the first hour, and I don't know how it went. I just know it was going down. I was actually talking about how ridiculous it was that they were on the wrong side of that. But I, I would be curious as to find out. I did not – honestly, I didn't really take the time to look. See, Brian at Boy has joined us in the chat room. Uh, oh, yeah, I promised I'd go down the chat room roll again too before I got into things, didn't I? All right, real quick, just uh, for everybody's benefit, I'm going to go ahead and do that now because I just remembered that. We got Bigfoot, blogger extraordinaire. Check out his stuff at bigfootsplace.blogspot.com. We got Heath Sinker. Uh, good to have you in, my friend. Uh, Kel Fritzy, the red of the right, the infidel your email warned you about, the host of RFP Radio and IAW, part of the Global Patriot Radio Network. Both of those shows can be found right here at Blog Talk Radio. Bringing it boy just joined us in. We've got Chief, host of Simple Facts of Life, who was on the air on this very same broadcast platform back at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. He's always on on Wednesdays. We've got Annie, the Radio Chicky Bellis, host of Southern Sense Talk Radio. Let me just... Uh, let me just send you to her website, and then you can decide where you want to listen from. And that's southern-sense.com, best place. And literally, you can find her almost anywhere. Find your favorite format from the website. Who knows? You may actually prefer to listen from the website. Uh, also, Boyd the Alaskan is hanging with us, and uh, just because it's in alphabetical order, Vorpalite is down near the end. All right, so uh, anyway, the Senate decided to send this bipartisan spending bill, but they don't want to add any more beds. This is a compromise with who? The Democrats. Why? <laughs> I pull my head above water. I must still be having some serious audio issues. Uh, I don't know what the issue is. Uh, I, boy, I, I really don't. Uh, <laughs> everything's five by five on my end. So I don't know. But hopefully uh, we'll, uh, it'll work its way out and clear up. Anyway, as I was saying, it's, it's a case where the Democrats don't want to add more beds because they are still fighting for the catch and release. Although if they had their way, there would be no catch. Let's just open the border. Let's stop worrying about who might be coming across. Let's stop worrying about the fact that of the thousands upon thousands that are being detained at our border with the knowledge that not everyone who's trying to get across is being caught, uh, let's ignore the fact that large numbers of individuals are not from Honduras, are not from Guatemala are not from Nicaragua. <laughs> oh man. Man. <laughs> 
Sorry, I was just speaking back in the chat room, and she's like, Tim's sounding like Lloyd Bridges again. Uh, wow. <laughs> it's a great comparison. I, I Something tells me I'm going to be very angry when I hear what the sound uh, really sounds like. But anyway. <laughs> I think they're determined to keep me off topic at this point. Uh, Chief, uh, primarily. Everybody else is okay. Point understand. He's a fossil. <laughs> yes, the, uh, the reference to Sea Hunt. I, I get it. Anyway, it probably still keeps coming back down to just a few basic fundamental things. Virtue signaling. But what virtues are actually being signaled here? Somewhere along the line, they've completely forgotten that the virtuous part is in trying to help. I, when did we lose track of the fact that tough love sometimes is the best love? When did we lose track of the fact that sometimes the best thing you can do to somebody is to tell them no? Now, it's easy for us conservatives to say no to people. That's what the folks on the left think. They believe in their heart of hearts that we're just so cold and cruel and heartless that we only care about ourselves. In truth, it would probably surprise them immensely to find out how we can look a small child in the eye and say no and then walk away when nobody's looking and, and, and you know, be heartbroken over it. It's in human nature to want to help people. Now, that's not to say that some of us haven't been uh, stomped on and beat down to the point that we really, really don't care anymore. It's like, nobody help me. You're on your own. And there's nothing wrong with that attitude either. Sorry, leftist. You want to go hug a tree? Uh, that's on you. But understand it's because of people with your mindset who's taking advantage of the folks that are like that, that that's the reason they're like that. But regardless of that, you or if you just put on the tough guy facade, it's not that easy to say no. But we know what's in the best interest of the individual. Sometimes being hard on them, sometimes having expectations that the person be responsible for themselves. That, that's why they can't stand the abortion argument to be boiled down to uh, control of women's bodies. They like to use that reframe, but as soon as you point out that, yeah, actually, if you'd been doing a little bit better job of controlling your body before you got pregnant, that would have been great. Then the argument breaks down, and it's all emotional again. It's your argument. I'm just pointing out the flaw that you have in it. We want you to control your body. We want you to control your body before you have an unwanted pregnancy that you are then going to consider the murder of said child because it's inconvenient to you. And they really don't like you to boil it down like that because when you boil it down like that, what are you doing? Wait, you're using emotion. Wait a minute. That's their job. We're just supposed to stick with facts. We're just supposed to be dispassionate 
and logical, and we're supposed to let them have the emotional ground. We're, we're not supposed to fight fire with fire. We're supposed to bring in the, the water and, and try and douse the flames that way. And that lets them use kerosene and, and, and gasoline and some of them, especially the, the big bad Antifa folks who think they're so much bigger and badder than they are, they think they're dropping napalm. And they think it's going to be things that when we put water on it, it's just going to make the fire spread. But if you use fire on fire in a case like this, ooh, that gets scary for them. They don't want us using emotion. And they certainly don't want us using emotion and logic, because then that takes away everything they have in their arsenal. How dare you? We like to sound reasonable. We like to sound like we're the smartest people in the room and then tuck on your heartstrings. But we completely want to ignore the fact that sometimes you just have to stand firm. Sometimes the most humane thing you can do is to make somebody stand on their own. Sometimes the most humane thing you can do is close your door and their face and make them go back and fix what's wrong. I said at the top of this show that I love the fact that people want to come to America. But I don't want to just let anybody in. If somebody wants to come to America because they want to be an American, then we can talk. I can I can I'd be willing to spend some hours. I'd be willing to, to, to volunteer hours. I'd be willing to volunteer some time to coach people on in other countries about the right way to come to America and whether or not they truly want to be an American. The want to, to do the hard work to pass the citizenship test, that want to come here because they see America as that big shining city on the hill that it was always meant to be. So let's compromise. Let's virtue signal. Let's send money to the border because now obviously we, we, can't, we can't pretend like it's not a crisis anymore. We're never going to use the word unless we can use it in a way that makes Donald Trump look bad. But, but let's come to the table. We got folks that are seriously – looking to try and win elections and trying to win re-election. So we want the American people to, to think that we're trying to, to stop it. But at the same time, we, we have to find a way to virtue signal to, to the folks that don't want us to do anything to stop it. Well, we'll send money to help the folks that have been snagged by that mean old kicker of puppies and eater of babies, the orange man, bad man. The ones that are already caught, we can't just spring them. So we'll send money down, the, but no more beds. You can't catch any more, Mr. Border Patrol agent. 
That, of course, is the point when the Border Patrol agent should turn to said leftist activist and say, how dare you assume my gender? Because <laughs> there's nothing more fun than fighting fire with fire. How dare you assume my gender? That's ma'am! That's ma'am! <laughs> uh, see, the conversation has talked, uh, changed to music. She's laying down some classic Chicago uh, references, 25 or 6 to 4. <laughs> now Cal says, no zombies here. You're in the wrong chat. Cameron's <laughs> uh, actually pretty full tonight. I'm, I'm enjoying having a live variety. Joseph Gibson has joined us in the, the chat. Let me see. It uh, looks like I'm going to have to slide the bar down a little bit. Yeah, but we've got everybody in here. This is about as close to a full house as I've had in a long time. I guess some of the folks might have actually missed being my week off. Or at least this is just the, uh, the only thing going on that lets them talk about what they want to and ignore me completely. <laughs> uh, I don't know what else to say. I, it's it's just so ridiculous. And they're going to tout this. This is going to be a big deal to them. They're going to go on and on and on about, oh, look what we did. And see, the other side of this is because of these little stipulations they put in. It's entirely possible that Donald Trump may veto this. And you know, that's exactly what they want. <coughs> Excuse me. That is exactly what they want. They want him to veto it. So then they can say, well, we tried, and look what he did. It's the only tool they have to flip this back around because Donald Trump actually has done a pretty good job of laying this at the feet of the Democrats and saying, look, this was your job to fix from the beginning, which is true, by the way. It was your job to fix. This was your responsibility. Uh, if you have any questions about it, you can check the Constitution. Clearly, <laughs> clearly specifies what the responsibilities and roles of the Congress is. It's all right there. You can look for it. No question, no doubt. Pretty straightforward. Like I said, we don't need people to interpret the Constitution for us. The language is pretty clear. Despite the best effort by leftists. They still haven't dumbed down the American public so far as to not be able to read the Constitution and understand it. They've just dumbed down a large enough block of us that there are people that believe they can't understand it, so they haven't bothered to read it. Sadly, uh, that type of perception tends to be the reality for these folks. Just got to get them to actually read it, see for themselves. But you know, we're dealing with people like Nancy Pelosi who – when asked under the Constitution what authority you have to pass Obamacare, she chuckled and asked, are you serious? That was her response. Now, I know it didn't happen just yesterday, so for, for people that maybe don't remember that, you can check it out. It's easy enough to find. I just I just don't know. Sure would be nice though if if the Senate and the House could 
literally put politics aside for a little bit and, and do a little of the people's business, you know, just a little, one or two items here and there. Maintaining border sovereignty might be a good place to start. If if anybody that happens to work for a representative or a senator happens to hear this show, maybe you could you know, put a bug in the ear of the boss. You know, just say, hey, you know what? I heard this really great idea on this radio show the other day. Somebody said that maybe we could start with border sovereignty. What do you think about that? No, no, no. We're we're trying to do away with borders. We're 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 believing the one the one world order. The the we're globalists here. Just suggesting that you're fired now. Move along. <sighs> Guess it's time for the Edwards Notebook and then the uh, Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. And uh, hopefully shortly after that, uh, the coolest, most politically incorrect black man on the planet, Rod Eccles, will join me. I say hopefully because he still hasn't got back to me on the reminder. He was scheduled. If not, we'll get him at another time. But – I really do want to have that conversation with him. Anyway, before that, here's Ron Edwards and the Edwards Notebook. President Trump is sending 1,000 more troops to the Middle East. But is that the correct course of action? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. According to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Iran definitely carried out attacks against oil tankers in the Strait of Hormuz. Acting U.S. Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan stated, quote, The recent Iranian attacks validate the reliable, credible intelligence we have received on hostile behavior by Iranian forces and their proxy groups that threatened United States personnel and interests across the region. Iran has also bragged about breaking the uranium stockpile limit set in the deal that temporarily limits their uranium stockpiles. But are 1,000 more U.S. troops really to solve or change things in Iran? I say no, because 1,000 troops is not enough to defeat a depraved, ideologically driven regime. Either go hard for a swift, decisive military victory or leave it alone. The Trump administration cannot afford to get bogged down in a long, protracted struggle that would take attention away from draining the swamp here in America and re-electing President Trump. I'm... Ron Edwards. Join me live Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on AmericaMatters.us. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins with your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. Do you remember when you were in basic training or your first duty assignment? I do. What about those men and women who trained with you? Have you ever wondered what happened to them? I have. What about some of the people who served with you a good part of the time you were in the military? Ever wonder what happened to them? I have. Do you think they might also be wondering what happened to you? I think so. Would you like to find out? Here is your veteran's tip of the day. Find out about your buddies by joining TogetherWeServed.com. This is a free service 
and TWS has reunited over 1.8 million vets in all branches of the service, and they can help you find your friends. You may be surprised at who you can find. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. Question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Our numbers, they increase. For the people step onto the shore Two thirds of the first one to die Cause along with the trade goods They brought new disease The worst way that cultures collide We built a product on a dream Like nothing else the world has seen all right, ladies and gentlemen, I am back. Thank you very much for staying with us through that brief break. It is now my pleasure and honor to welcome back to the show, although it has been a little while. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, join me in welcoming the coolest, most politically incorrect, conservative black man on the planet, host of the Rod Eccles Show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's Rod Eccles. Rod, thank you so much for joining us this evening. How are you doing today? Oh, well, thank you very much for that rousing introduction. I, I am well. How is everybody here? Well, I know I'm okay, and given how the chat room has been going uh, for the most part, it seems like everybody must be uh, feeling pretty spry. We seem to have some pretty good conversation going on. Uh, Rod, uh, I'm just going to jump right into things. Obviously, um, it's a blast listening to your show. Certainly enjoy it, and it's always great to have you on. There's a couple of topics that I just I don't think we can comment enough about given uh, the current status. Number one is the citizenship question on the 2020 census. Uh, in the first hour tonight, I had Dr. John C. Eastman on, and we were discussing the constitutionality and this latest in the fight uh, that the folks that are trying to oppose it 
have now petitioned the Supreme Court, begging them not to release their decision until they have time to add this new secretly discovered evidence that will prove that the Trump administration is moving forward for a racist bias and to just play politics against Democrats. Um, (laughs) So tell me, Rod, (laughs) what's your feelings on all of this? Well, the, 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 First of all, the Democrats are they're throwing a bunch of stuff up against the wall just to see what sticks, a bunch of mud. But second of all, it really doesn't matter what the motivations of the president. Now, first of all, let me be clear. I do not believe that the president or his administration is purposely being uh, racist or bigoted any way towards Latinos or the immigration policy. However, if the way the policy is written or the laws are written – that would make it appear to be a little bigoted at a particular point in time. Now, let me, that is very big, a particular point in time, because this could just as easily um, uh, be applied to any ethnic background. And as a matter of fact, it did when he tried to implement a limited Muslim ban. And we had the wonderful... Democrats accused, trying to accuse him of being bigoted and racist and everything else, when the majority of Muslims could still immigrate and travel here. It was just a few select countries that he was trying to block. So I don't, I, when, it, when they're starting to say that this is a racist, bigoted type of thing and they have insider information, trust me, this is what the whole collusion thing was about with the Russian thing. It means they have information that their own side has been doing this sort of thing and that there's evidence of it. So they're going to try to hide it. Don't doubt me on that. Oh, I absolutely do not. We've seen time and time again, uh, every time that uh, they make these accusations of dog whistles and talking in code, uh, the reason they believe that is because they've been engaged in the practice. They can't possibly imagine the other side isn't. You know, the uh, thought that someone might be genuine just doesn't occur to most of these folks. But uh, more specifically, Rod, uh, to to actually wait till just days before we're going to get the announcement to go back and plead for essentially a continuation on a Supreme Court case that is already over for all intents and purposes. Look, they're trying to play every little card, every last card they can possibly play. And if they're trying to use the fairness, now this one they're trying to use the fairness card. It would only be fair if the Supreme Court got all of the evidence and all of the facts before they made their, their decision, because before they didn't have all of the evidence and all of the facts. So in order for them to make an informed decision, they'll see what they're setting up is that if the Supreme Court sides with Trump, it becomes a de facto decision that can later be challenged again because this is, hey, the Supreme Court didn't listen to all the the arguments. They didn't listen to all the evidence. So now we're going to bring in some new quote-unquote evidence and start the process all over again. This is what they're setting. They're setting this up. This is a trick that they have been using for decades, by the way. This is nothing new. Absolutely. Uh, Well, it it seems pretty clear uh, based on where the argument was left that the court was going to majority side with the fact that the question 
indeed can be added to the census. And the greatest uh, the greatest indication that it is perfectly legitimate is the fact that for the majority of the history of the census, the question has been included. Nobody felt the need to challenge it in court before. Just this new age leftist mindset where they honestly believe that we're so close to the tipping point of the destruction of the republic that they can blatantly get away with this and have the court side with them. Are they willing to go this route? What do you think is the ultimate uh, – the ending here? Because in my mind, this is one of the biggest decisions the court even is going to make. It's been the most downplayed. A lot of people are kind of overlooking it, but the ramifications for this particular decision would be huge as far as the cur- current attack of the left on the nation's sovereignty. Well, this is – look, we're, we're not – I know a lot of people are saying that we're fighting for the very soul of our nation. We're not. We're fighting for the very foundation, how this country was founded and how, was it, how it was intended to be. Now, I have often said on my program and in other places that the intent of the left is to get the Constitution to be ruled unconstitutional. And everything that they have been doing, especially during this administration's term, has been geared to do just that. Now, some people laugh, but now we're looking at this case, well, can the president, uh, the president, can the president actually decide who gets to come in the country and who doesn't get to decide in the country, to come in the country? Well, the Constitution says yes. The Democrats say no. They took him to court. They got him blocked. Basically, what they were having judges decide is that the Constitution, parts of the Constitution, were actually unconstitutional. They have been at this for at least a decade, ever since Obama was elected. I told people then he was the most dangerous man in America. Simply because, not because he didn't know the Constitution, but very because he knew the Constitution very well, and he knew how to subvert it. And that has been his frontal attack and the Democrats' frontal attack all along. If we are able to get parts of the Constitution to be called basically unconstitutional, we can unravel everything that we don't like about it and institute whatever new things that we do like. Yeah. That's the only thing. Yeah, it, yeah, it is a pretty clear-cut attack. Uh, I, I don't think uh, I don't think I've heard it put more succinctly, Rod. As usual, cutting right to the the heart of the matter. Uh, other topic. I definitely wanted to get your take on this as well. In the race to see who can out left <laughs> everyone else uh, trying to uh, win the nomination for the Democrats, the uh, topic of reparations. For former American slaves has reentered the discussion and with a whole new level of fervor and uh, excitement, if you will, from the folks on the left. Uh, I, for one, have always made the argument, and, and I, I get it why it maybe doesn't hold water for a lot of folks anymore because a lot of people have been taught to to despise. America. They, they, they don't love the country anymore. They don't hold dear this nation, so they don't understand what a true gift citizenship is in this nation. But at the time that slavery was ended, I've made the case that the greatest reparation possible was made. Citizenship was bestowed on these people. They weren't rounded up and shipped somewhere else. They got to become Americans. Now, 
people tell me that I that this is extremely insensitive and racist remark, and I think part of that's born from the notion that they don't revere the true meaning of citizenship. But I would love to get your take on what I just said, and then of course uh, feel free to to remark on reparations however you'd like after that. Well, let me say that that. There were reparations that were offered to freed slaves back in that time period, and we call that country today Liberia. Now, the reality is, even during that time period, the vast majority of slaves, former slaves, decided they did not want to go to Africa. Actually, it wasn't their homeland anymore because their ancestors had come from there. They didn't. They didn't know the language of the land. They did know the land here in the South. They chose to stay. This is one of those historical facts that is often left out. They were given the opportunity, okay, do, do, do you guys want to stay? Do you want to go back? I mean, some of you have gone back already. We've, you know, The United States has sponsored and helped set up this new country called Liberia, and you can go there. Nope, we're going to stay because of the promise of what this country is saying that they're going to offer us. We've seen the sacrifice through the Civil War, you know, brother against brother, father against son, that type of thing. We think we can make something here if we're given a shot and a fair chance. Now, as far as other reparations are concerned, all I can say about that is, oh, there are two things. One, why didn't they get this done in the first two years of Obama's administration when he had the Senate and and the Congress if reparations is so important? Uh, obviously it's not. By the way, Camilla Harris is not African-American. She's Jamaican and Jewish. (laughs) So she has nothing to say about reparations. And secondly, reparations talk is very racist because there are some other cultures, ethnic backgrounds here, that were treated just as poorly, if not worse. We have the Chinese immigrants that came in and and that that built the, uh, the the Intercontinental Railway. They didn't actually care if those people died building that railroad. You know, if somebody died on the railroad, they they collected the body and somebody else quickly replaced them, just like in the slave fields. They didn't care. And they were just as easy to pick out, um, uh, you know, among people as white people. You knew a Chinaman when, when he was in San Francisco or on the West Coast. And the, and the other ethnic group that also suffered heavily – that isn't being mentioned for reparations, not that they should get reparations, but were the Cherokee called the Trail of Tears. I'm part Cherokee, by the way. And I think it is very, very bigoted and racist that people don't include them in this if they're going to do this. But the reality is, who are you going to pay? Who's going to get the money? Now, a lot of people think they're going to get a check in the mail if this thing passes. No, 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 no. You watch, and I guarantee you that the people that are going to get the money are people like the NAACP and all these other so-called helpful, uh, helpful ethnic groups. The individual isn't going to see a dime. It's another right. form of money laundering. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. What we've seen it before, but we are still talking about a populace that's listening to these folks. And these are the same people that believe that the very day after they heard Obamacare passed that they could walk on down to the clinic and get free health care. And they had to learn the hard way that that's not how any of this works. Uh, 
are we having an issue with messaging or is the American populace in general just so far uh, into the indoctrination stage that there's really no hope of reaching uh, the general populace that continues to support these politicians? We have an overall problem with education and, and indoctrination. We have a problem with uh, the, the redefining of specific words. Uh, well, m- most recently, uh, now, now the detention centers are concentration camps. Now, nobody right. in their right mind who knows what real concentration camps are would ever co- come close to calling the detention centers down in, on the southern border a concentration camp. Nowhere near it. But these people are repeating that message over and over and without any regard to historical fact or documentation whatsoever. So this is about indoctrination. It is about them just believing with their hearts instead of believing with facts. Facts mean, look, we've even heard them say, you know, facts don't matter. It's how I feel that counts. Right. So we're running into a big, huge problem with people who would rather feel than know the facts, with people who'd rather feel than think. And that's been indoctrinated into them. Yeah, I, you know, I've I've been uh, making the point a lot here lately that I do believe there is a uh, a major disconnect with the the AOC generation and those behind her with real hardship, and that's part of the reason why they they don't even understand why it's not appropriate to make that kind of a uh, a connection. I mean, it's it's so disrespectful to people that actually legitimately suffered and and it's real quick to, to tell the difference here we're talking about people who know full well what's waiting on the other side of the border and they're still risking their life to get the opportunity to get here instead of trying to get away that's your first clue it's not a detention it is certainly not a concentration camp but uh just as a, a quick shout out uh, from the chat room i had one of our chatters ask uh, saying, uh, you're part Cherokee? Why aren't you a senator from Massachusetts? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, yes. Yes, well, um, as, I, as I tell people when I, when I go out and give talks, that I, I am part Cherokee, and yes, I can prove it. My mother has documents. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it does, it does harken to the fact that it, we do have so many people that are suffering from a lack of true education. Uh, they've been indoctrinated instead of educated. But we also see these people who do know better, and they're still willing to play politics rather than deal with facts. At this point, what is the fix, Rod? I mean, we we can't continue to go down the route where we elect time after time people that are more concerned about winning elections and blaming the other guy for things that are wrong than who are people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and go do the people's business. How do we fix this? That is the problem uh, that our founders understood but did not put in place. Now, I can't, t- I can't honestly tell you why they really chose not to put in term limits, other than to say that they felt that the people, the, the electorate, was smart enough to decide and to be able to hire and fire who they wanted to through the electoral process. 
what they did not foresee was the the entrenchment of this two-party system because they didn't particularly like parties at first and in fact we had multiple parties and you know, the, 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 by the way, the Democrats and Republicans were once one party called the Democrat-Republican Party before they split. There was another party called, called the Whigs that the Republicans basically replaced. Uh, so th- there's a history of, of party politics within the first 100 years of our country's existence. And that's the way the founders thought things would go, that there really wouldn't be true parties. There would just be these, these ever-evolving types of groups of people that would come in and go out and, and, and be replaced by another one. And then somehow, around the Civil War time, these two parties got entrenched. And what we have now is an entrenchment that the only response, and I didn't used to think this, but now the only response really is, is to somehow get term limits on every level of government. And I mean that from your local mayor all the way up to the president of the United States. We have an elitist class in this country that thinks that they're the only ones that can run the various points of government. Now, I don't know how they can think that when we're a nation of 320 million very competent people and that less than a few thousand are capable of doing that. They have that kind of arrogance. And the only way to get rid of it is through, because they're so corrupt and they have the media on their side, the only way to get rid of it now is if we somehow are able to usher in, even if it's just you know chamber by chamber, term limits. So I guess at the federal level, what we're really talking about is a uh, Article Five Convention of States. That would that would help usher in it in on a on a federal level, yes. But I don't think that that they actually want to go far enough. Now, I I happen to think that there should be a total total servitude limit. You can't be a, a career politician. And just okay, I, you know, I can serve two terms in the in the state senate, and then oh, then I'm going to run for you know governor. Then I'll serve two terms as my governor. Then I'll go into the house and serve two terms in the house, and then I'll serve two. Th- no, we need to put a complete and total cap on your total servitude to the government. Unless you're military or law enforcement like FBI, you cannot make government your career. Yeah, there's certainly – you definitely lose the uh, mentality of service, and when you're in a role like that, if service isn't your priority, then you're not doing the job. I, I certainly agree. Uh, Rod, I want to thank you so much for joining us this evening. Uh, I know we're starting to run uh, short on time. wanted to give you an opportunity real quick to uh, – let everybody uh, know how you think uh, this uh, Democratic nomination progress, uh, process is going to shake out. Uh, I know right now the debates are uh, getting ready to get started. Uh, <clears throat> love to get your thoughts there, and of course after that, please feel free to uh, let everybody know where they can find your work. Sure. Well, it's, it's just look for the fireworks. It is going to be a circular firing squad. You got 24 candidates. They've got to whittle this down pretty quick. So. It is going to be fireworks, and you're going to see there is only like a handful, four or five top candidates anyway, and you're going to see a scramble to get, for people to get into that top four or five to make it to to the uh, the actual voting. Um, but I, I'm actually looking forward to them doing the process. You know, we saw it with the Republicans, so let's see what the Democrats put forth. But just be careful because if Trump could do it, 
there could be a Democrat in there that we don't know about that could do it too. So be careful for that. Uh, other than that, you know, if they want to know more or follow me, they can just go to rodeckles.net. Pretty simple. All right. Again, as always, thank you so much for your time. And uh, hopefully we can get together again. Uh, love to love to have you on a little more frequently than what we've been doing because it's always a blast to talk to you. It's always a pleasure, Tim. Thanks for having me. All right, sir. Talk to you again soon. Uh, see you, Brian. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Rod Eccles. Uh, I've just got a few minutes left, and I, I just now glanced back at the switchboard and, and back in the chat room, and I see that uh, Joe's actually tried to call in. Uh, Joe, I'm going to bring you on and, and let you have just a few minutes. Uh, you've got uh, about two and a half minutes. Uh, thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Uh, go. <laughs> Hey, you're, hey you're, thank you so much. I appreciate you for giving me a voice. I give you a shout-out all the time on my show. Uh, I, I'd I'm doing a show tomorrow night, I, if you're available, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'd like to have you on and have a conversation with you. I'm going to have some pastors from around the country, and uh, you were talking about what is the fix to the problems we're facing today and understanding the times in which you live in today. Um, I, I would love to have you on if you're available, or you can send me a private message. We could talk via cell phone and line up another show in the future. Uh, I, I would love to have you on, and uh, you're well-spoken. I support your podcast. I love your show. Um, so I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. I know you got a show here to wrap up, so no disrespect. I've just, I thank you for taking my call. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Joe. Uh, first of all, uh, under normal circumstances, Thursdays are usually pretty good for me, but this week, and I was going to remind the listeners uh, anyway, I'm actually doing my usual Friday show on Thursday because I've got family stuff to, to do during the regular time slot, and I still have to do the uh, the content, so I'm going to be on from 7 until 9 then, but I thank you so much, and we so will we're get together. Be, so, we're gonna and, be competing, so we're going to be competing with each other. Oh, boy, that's not good. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I the, the, the flip side, <laughs> uh, most people that listen to the show are going to be looking for me on Friday anyway, so they'll just have to, to check the archives. They're free to come listen to you live, and those that will probably will anyway, I would imagine. But, yeah, we'll definitely hook up at some point. Um, maybe in a couple of weeks down the road, I, things should settle a little bit after all the family summertime stuff gets uh, settled. But I'd definitely love to uh, pay I, you a visit send me a private message. Send me a private message, and uh, we'll, I'll, I'll give you my cell phone number, and uh, we could talk privately without you know other people listening, of course, because you know, Blog Talk has a lot of trolls. But we could talk privately, set something up, and uh, maybe we could do a show together on uh, either on your podcast or on mine. It doesn't make a difference, but I, I appreciate you taking my call and, and taking the time out to take my call. And uh, much love, much respect, and I support what you're doing. You're trying to wake people up, and uh, you love America, and you love the country, and you're doing the right thing. You know, I, I love you for that. That 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 is respectful. That really is. And uh, God bless you, sir. I, really, God bless you. All right. Well, again, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, we will uh, hook up sometime soon. In the meanwhile, um, I don't see why we can't do a turnabout, a spare play thing where uh, I, I spend some time on your show and you spend some time on mine. We'll definitely do that. In the meanwhile, though, I do need to to move along to the shutdown. So uh, watch for me. I will uh, uh, get in touch with you here just momentarily as we're doing uh, everything else. 
But it is that time of the evening where, once again, I thank everybody who was here, starting with the folks hanging out in the chat room. That includes Bigfoot. Check out his uh, blogs over at bigfootsplace.blogspot.com. We got Heatsinker in the house. Uh, Joseph Gibson, who you just heard, has a show, Understanding the Times in Which We Live, that you can find right here at the BTR home platform. We've got Kel, the red of the right, the infidel. Your email warns you about host of not one but two great shows here at BTR, uh, one being Red Fox Blogger Radio and the other being infidels are watching, part of the Global Patriot Radio Network. Bringing it, boys, been hanging with us for a while now. Chief host of Simple Facts of Life also. Annie, the radio chick Ubellis, host of Southern Sense Talk Radio, Boyd the Alaskan, and Vorpal Bite all have been hanging out with us for most of the evening. Thank you guys so much. Thanks to today's guest, which included in the uh, first hour, Dr. John C. Eastman, and of course the band you just heard just moments ago, the coolest, most politically incorrect conservative black man on the planet, Rod Eccles. And, uh, and more importantly, thanks to all you guys out there that are listening. I appreciate that. That's going to be it for now. As always, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in a little effort and more importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Good night, guys. in both
is using both hands. 